Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A special edition podcast from your friends at Full of Sith. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Bobby Roberts of the Star Wars podcast Full of Sith, and welcome to the first ever gathering of the Trailer Council. We are here to discuss the ad that broke the world, and it broke the world before it even aired. Ticket websites turned to dust hours before we finally saw the glory that is The Force Awakens final trailer. But before we even got to ticket sales websites being brought to their knees, crying and shrieking to the heavens, why God, why, like Wolverine in the rain, we got ourselves a poster. And I want to talk with the panel about that poster. But first, I want the panel to introduce themselves. So, starting with the man who has sacrificed the most to be here today, straight from the UK, (laughs) <laughs> Good morning, world. I'm Mark Newbold. I'm from Jedi News and Radio 1138, and I'm very tired but excited. I'm very excited but tired. Hi. Good evening. This is Trisha Barr from Fangirl Blog. And it's Bethany Blanton from thestarwarsreport.com. I am incredibly excited about this trailer, and I can't wait to talk about it with all of you kind and good folks. And this is Nancy from Tashi Station. I'm very, 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 very excited. This is Justin from the Force Cast, and I'm struggling to hold in just how excited I am right now. Five minutes and ten seconds away, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm Dan Zare from Coffee with Kenobi and StarWars.com, and if I was any happier, I would say something that's not appropriate for my family to see later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, Tracy Duncan from Club Jade, and I'm basically trying not to laugh, because I have a really, really annoying laugh. <laughs> Things nobody knows about you when you tweet too much. <laughs> Okay. Well, and I think that's all of us, and we're all going to be having a hard time trying not to laugh because I think the the word to describe the atmosphere right now is giddy. Um, I don't know if I'm exactly the best qualified person. That seems like it's a British word to use. I don't know if Americans are, are good at dealing out the word. Do I have permission, Mark? Yeah, giddy's good. Uh, I think we gave up giddy in the 60s, so you can have that one. <laughs> and, and I think when we got it, it became giddy up. Is that right? It's sort of... Yeah, we ruin we ruin British things all the time, hence sure. our culture. Um so <laughs> let's talk about that poster. First thing that I even want to broach, how are we feeling about Leia's hair? Nancy. <laughs> um I don't give a crap what Leia's hair looked like. I want to know what she's <laughs> doing, because that's what's important, not what her hair looks like. Were you were you happy that she at least had a spot on the poster? Because there were people that were a little bit I was uh, worried. surprised that she was on the poster, and I think that's cool. All right. Justin, uh, any opinions on uh, that weird Dracula-esque do that Leia is rocking? <laughs> 
I'm not going to lie. It looks a little awkward, but uh, I think she said it best when she said it doesn't matter how the hair looks. It matters what she's doing. And mm-hmm. it's different than the general Leia look we saw in the uh, in the Comic-Con Hall H footage. So I'm willing to bet yes. that it's a brief hairdo mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, he just got up when they took the picture for the poster. I don't know, but I don't <laughs> I don't think it's really that big of an issue. Yeah, I like the idea that uh, the, the guy who put the poster together just didn't have time to call her back in for retakes. Like you do when you get those school photos <laughs> taken. Um, now, speaking of things that had people a little bit iffy, but they were just happy as hell to even see that it was represented on the poster. Star Killer Base. Did it get you excited? Or did it have you a little bit? Eh, Mark, your thoughts. It had me excited. I think it's kind of cool. It, it's it's it is a design thing that should work, and they've kind of messed it up twice, mm-hmm. probably more. Um, so yeah, let's give it another go. And, and, and just quickly on the subject of Leia's hair, I think it's I think it's very cool. Uh, Trisha, your thoughts on Star Killer Base? Is that a moon? Is it a planet? Is it a Death Star? Is it? It's one of the billion dollar questions that will be answered mm. in two months. Uh, Bethany, I do think it's a space station, a la Death Star. But I'm wondering, in the center, that that hole, do you guys think that that's an engine or perhaps more like a turbo laser, like the Death Star's laser? Well, if it is a planet, is it, like, hooked up into the core? Does the core have something to do with this, whatever it is? Maybe it's Coruscant. Oh, Dan Dan thinks it might be Coruscant. (laughs) Well, I mean, there, there, I like that. there were a lot of people that had uh, various uh, different takes on it as soon as they saw it. Uh, the most common was Death Star 3. I think a lot of people think it actually is going to be a Death Star because, like a lot of things in this movie, it seems to be taking a lot of inspiration directly from Ralph McQuarrie's concept art. And whatever this is, it kind of looks Ralph McQuarrie-ish. Some people have actually wondered if uh, it's a, a resistance weapon. As a matter of fact, uh, some people were wondering if maybe we're reading it all wrong. We just assume that it's a bad guy ship because it's shaped sort of like uh, the Death Star. Dan's actually the first person uh, I've heard think that maybe they did something funky to Coruscant. But yeah, I like Bethany's idea also that we're not actually <laughs> we're not looking at its mouth. We're looking at its butt. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that, that that could be interesting. That's a hashtag. <laughs> yeah. And it's That's no front. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I personally hope it is not a Death Star. I don't think we need that mm-hmm. as another MacGuffin. I think that would be a severe lack of creativity, and I have so much faith that that is not the case that's going on. Plus, I mean, that's a really small sample size. One little image mm-hmm. that was kind of meshed together. Do we want to talk about the design of the poster? Who designed it? Yeah, well, I mean... Oh, man. <laughs> it sounds like we want to get into that already. Uh, Tracy had uh, some opinions there. I'm not so cluttered. Yeah. There's so much stuff, <laughs> little stuff mm-hmm. going on that it's really just... Like, I, I know like, there were a couple people who, when they first saw the poster, didn't even realize that Maz Kanata was on it. Yeah, exactly. It's really easy to miss miss some of this. Yeah. Uh, Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, just, I, I agree. It's uh, Disney have got this habit, especially with the Avengers flicks, of doing these sort of mashed up, photoshopped, odd-looking, heads-on, weird body type things. Like they're all drawn by Rob Liefeld, and and this is just this is just <laughs> that a bit, bad. Bit, Come on. Well, yeah, maybe not that bad. Yeah, but yeah, but it, but it, it just like Tracy said, it, it's it's too busy, and I kind of wonder why they didn't go. This just feels like it was designed by a committee. We've got to get that in because that's coming out as a toy and we need to get that character in. You know, it just felt a bit too busy. Mm -hmm. And now I do want to bring up something that Dan sort of touched on uh, previously in that there are uh, quite a few people who are looking at these images. And because that was basically all we have until the trailer actually drops, which we are 
eagerly waiting on right now. Uh, people are wondering if there's anything to the fact that Ray and Kylo's weapons seem to be lining up and the way that they are placed in the poster. Is that saying something? Uh, do you guys buy the idea that the poster has been arranged to maybe tell us something, even if we don't know what it is they're trying to tell us yet? Bethany, your thoughts yes. on that? Yes, I think that it is. Who all saw the costume of Ray uh, at Celebration, like the full-on one on display? Mm-hmm. Did you take a good look at her staff there? Oh, yes. That yes. looks like a freaking heck of a lot like a lightsaber hilt at yeah. the end of her staff. And you just look at it and you're like, oh. It looks like two lightsabers and a single lightsaber. That is what we have discussed. So, yes, there's very much lightsaber elements to that staff. Uh, Nancy, your thoughts. You think that the poster is trying to say something? I don't have thoughts. I have a two-minute warning. Oh, the two-minute warning. Oh, okay. (gasps) Nancy means business. I don't have thoughts. I'm texting my husband in the other room. (laughs) 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 I'm serious. Uh, the poster may give you some sort of a, an insight, but think about the episode one poster and Darth Maul was larger than life and he was in the movie for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, yeah. and, and this and this causes me to throw to uh, to Justin here because I think he had one of the most uh, apt tweets regarding the poster uh, immediately after it dropped. Uh, you brought up Darth Maul and the fact that he loomed larger than life, but he only had like five or six minutes. Um, maybe the biggest question outside of what is that on Leia's head uh, and is that a third Death Star uh, was where's Luke? And uh, Justin, you, what, what, what was your tweet, if, if you can remember it? I think I said something to the effect of where's Luke equals the wrong question yeah. and why is Luke not there equals the right question. Maybe he's the fan of uh, Luke is not on the poster because he's not important. He's not on it because he's the most important. Yeah, see, I think yeah. that, Ooh, I, I liked it. That's smart. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I, a good way. We're all coming up with hashtags today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am really close to losing it at people who bitch about Luke not being on the poster. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. really close. It's like, I agree. come on, people. Well, I, th- I also I, think the poster beyond you there, uh, Bobby, is, is obviously one of the Star Wars posters. I don't think for a second the poster we've had already is the only Star Wars poster. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was a Struzan poster coming or something. There was A and B and C and the circus poster and all yeah. sorts of posters came out for all of the originals. So so I don't think this is the be-all and end-all of the posters. Yeah, and it also uh, you also bring up a pretty good point uh, in that the poster that I have behind me is the uh, the very first theatrical poster by uh, Tom Jung, I believe, uh, for yeah. Star Wars from 77. Uh, and that's not very representative representative of what you actually see in the film at all so there is something to be said for maybe not being so eager to try and pull story details out of a piece of visual marketing because if people had gone into the theater in 1977 expecting star wars to look like it does on that first one sheet a luke skywalker with his shirt just ripped open just just buffed out Waving a lightsaber over his head like he knows what he's doing as opposed to getting shot in the ass five times because he has no idea what to do with a lightsaber. <laughs> like that yeah. might have disappointed some people. So while there might be some hints uh, being revealed to us in the poster that maybe we don't even know are hints yet, um, we might want to slow down a little bit uh, on speculating on what goes into the film based on what that poster is showing us. And besides, the poster is probably going to become a secondary source of speculation once the trailer actually drops uh and you called now. it when you said it am... was visual marketing that's the thing it, you always have to think of star wars as a business i think it keeps you clear-headed yep. and kind of balances mm-hmm. your expectations as a fan and definitely kind of holds your tongue at times that you might want to say some crazy stuff that you have no business saying it's <laughs> a piece of visual marketing they needed all the characters on the poster and 
I mean, as posters go, I've definitely seen worse. Yeah. How would you, uh, Nancy, do you have a... I'm heading, I'm heading out. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. And with that, because we're recording this in real time, you guys, uh, we're going to take a, a quick break. And when we come back, the trailer council will begin in earnest. Who are you? I'm no one. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. Finish what you started. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Trailer counts is a little bit shook up, a little bit verklempt, <laughs> but we are going to try to do our duty. Now, we have just seen the trailer. This is real time. We've somehow managed to get over the impotent rage of having to endure Chris Berman flapping his yap for about 50 <laughs> hours longer than we thought. Oh, yeah. But then we got the trailer. Oh, man. I'll just ask this. What single thing out of the two minutes and 16 seconds that you saw what single thing stood out to you the most? Like when you shut your eyes and the trailer gets thrown against the back of your eyelids, what is the first shot that you see? Mark, go. Han Solo standing in the Falcon saying it's real. Uh, Trisha. Everything, the X-Wings versus TIE Fighters in atmosphere. Tracy. When they were approaching the castle thing. Mm-hmm. With the banners. All those banners. <laughs> some familiar stuff in the banners, I'm just going to say, because I paused. <laughs> oh, oh, and Han and Leia. Justin. Yeah. Um, Kylo Ren is fighting without a helmet, and that tells me it's personal. Ooh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good catch. That's, that's a very yeah. good catch. Nancy. Did he not have a helmet? Yeah, at the end, when no, you no, see him from behind his and he hair is flowing. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters made me drool. Um, 
Uh, now I can't think of anything else. It was I mean, just X Men and Tie Fighters. <laughs> yes, yeah, that it. The leave Poe alone. Kylo Ren, get the hell away from Poe Dameron. Yeah. Uh, Bethany, is that the is that the thing that jumped out at you, or what else? It did, but the thing that jumped out the most to me, like after watching the trailer, mm. was realizing that Daisy Ridley really seems to be Ray seems to be the main character. Dan, go. It's when you hear Harrison Ford saying, "It's true." You hear that swirl of the Hanalea theme from The Empire Strikes Back. That gave me goosebumps. That it was that was unbelievable. I mean, that's just one little snippet. And what I think is interesting is that um, Bethany, I think you brought this up uh, a little bit earlier before we started recording. Is that the idea here was that people thought because this is going to be on Monday Night Football and the Endeavor seemed to be designed to get people that aren't already super fans like we are, people that are already bought our tickets before we even saw the commercial for the movie that we're going to go watch in December, right? Um, right. The idea was that this was probably going to be a little bit more story-oriented. Do you think it actually played out that way, though? I actually do, because we get a bit more of a feel for Ray's character. We find out more about Boyega's character. We find out more pretty much about each character I would say with the exception of Han, Leia, and of course, uh, Luke. But even with Han and Leia, like we see them hug each other Mm -hmm. and that wasn't necessarily a given. You know, they could have been like an estranged divorced couple or something weird like that. And we would never have known. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in this case, we see that they still have a relationship. So I, I think we've learned a little bit more about each character and that plays into the story overall and i think uh like that communing with the vader helmet mm-hmm. that that to me was key do you think that it's just kylo ren being a little bit uh a little bit psychotic and having his uh yorick i knew him well bit moment or do you think he actually thinks that he hears darth vader or do you think it's even possible that maybe he does hear darth vader justin your thoughts um, I've been saying for a little while now, the Lando comic, which was fantastic, if you if you haven't read it, mm-hmm. uh, made a lot of headway into the theory that Sith artifacts or dark side infused objects had some sort of power and it. it exhibited some power over some characters in that book. Mm-hmm. So to see Kylo Ren essentially talking to Darth Vader's helmet is a cool image. And I'm starting to wonder if, like you said, the helmet talks back to him when we actually see the movie. Uh, Trisha, uh, getting back to Leia hugging Han, which is actually it was a real quick moment. I think it's really the only time we really see Leia um, at all in the teaser. Do you think the importance of that moment uh, is being sort of set off and amplified by the fact it's the only time we see Leia, coupled with the fact that Han and Leia's theme seems to be essentially the theme of this teaser or this trailer, rather? Well, there's been a lot of concern in hardcore fandom of where where they are in their relationship. I don't think the teaser says one thing or the other, mm-hmm. but if you would like it to, there's there's a lot of deflection in the trailer and how things are posed. To me, it makes me feel much more comfortable about Han and Leia's situation. Uh-huh. There are a lot of people who who really want to know the story of what's happening and where they are. And I just loved hearing their theme. So, mm-hmm. and then that picture sort of, you know, it's what J.J. It, Abrams said. If there are things, if you're looking for them, you can find them. It's the treasure hunt. So I believe this is part of the treasure hunt. Yeah, you know, the one thing that hit me the most, well, lots of things hit me, but but one thing that stood out to me was the feeling that 
okay, we're only 30 years after Jedi and, and the galaxy changed with the Battle of Endor, but we know the, the war never ended and so on and so forth. And, and it feels like Jakku is a long way away from, from everything and, and the galaxy went from being a very tightly knit galaxy, you know, with all the hyperspace lanes, everybody can travel and, and meet up with each other. You know, you saw that shot of the Falcon and, and when they're saying, oh, you know, are the stories true? You know, it's almost like, is the Falcon the only ship in the galaxy now with a hyperdrive system? It kind of feels like everyone's isolated and nobody's connected anymore. So, so the sense that things very quickly become myth, mm-hmm. you know, things that, you know, are only sort of three decades past. And, you know, even by the time of the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy kind of felt almost, myth- almost mythological. So you step on another 30 years, it's just expanded, expanded, expanded. So that really struck me that, you know, there's Ray going, is it true? And there's Solo going, yeah, it's true. You know, I was there. I know it was true, you know. So that, yeah. that struck me. Do you think that it was Han's speech, which seems to be sort of like the emotional center of this advertisement, uh, was chosen not only because it's probably the best way towards giving people an end to the story, but because it's probably the best way to hook people who maybe aren't all that interested in uh, Star Wars the way that we are? Uh, Nancy, your thoughts? I just keep thinking like, so my mom doesn't really like Star Wars, but she humors me and asks me about it. And she's like, so what's the new movie going to be about? And I had to have to keep telling her, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I think it's for just like we were talking about before, like this is for not us. Mm-hmm. It's to say, yeah, remember those movies you saw 30 years ago? Okay, well, this takes place after, mm-hmm. but stuff has happened. Um without trying to give too much away because it's a J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah. Now, right. would you guys have liked a little bit more story? Or no. were you... Or were no. you no, no, not way. at all? No way. No. 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 <laughs> you were already... Well, and I think... We've got this far. Yeah, yeah I, that's a very good point. Now, the balance question I want to ask because a couple of you, when I said the first thing that pops into your mind, uh, the first things that popped into your mind were, in fact, X-Wings versus TIE Fighters. And there's a lot of that in this trailer. How excited are you at the idea that uh, there's going to be some wars in stars in Star Wars and not just <laughs> lightsaber fights, but you're well, going to have vehicles going pew space, pew. Though. Not true. Yeah. None of them are in space. All right. Good. Very good point. And, and not actually, that we've seen. Uh, true. Although, true. Well, and, and you do see the TIE fighter entering the atmosphere looking very, very beat up at uh, some yeah. point yeah. in the trailer as well. What mm. hit that? Yeah. Yeah. See, there's, yeah, see the, yeah. the images are very interesting because in a lot of instances, there's stuff that you've never seen in a Star Wars movie before. Do you guys have a question that more than anything stands out in your mind after having seen the trailer like three or four times now? Justin? Uh, honestly, it, for me, it's the Darth Vader helmet thing. I hate to go back to it and retread, but mm-hmm. that's such a new and very spooky to me piece of something that could be. I mean, there's an inanimate object that is possibly communing with Kylo Ren and it's driving a lot of his actions. That's that's new for mm-hmm. Star Wars and can, I would love to actually see that played out on the screen. Uh, can but- I take a little bit different of a tact? I mean, I know that they've set it up that it could be communing with him, but that sort of takes away maybe some of the his own responsibility as a person, as an individual, what he's chosen. Maybe he just finds that that object speaks to him because he wants it to. You know, there's there's actually been you know, a lot of suggestion that he's just, you know, a Darth Vader fanboy. It's interesting because we can see it both ways because mm. I can see him just being, you know, a guy who's looking at that helmet and taking it a little too seriously. Maybe like uh, all those Star Wars fans. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> what, what, what questions did this trailer uh, evoke in you? Uh, 
I think the big thing for me has nothing to do with Vader, but it has to do with Poe. I mean, mm. is he getting, is he hearing stuck in the middle with you? It looks like he's being tortured. <laughs> and that makes me nervous. Like, I've watched it a couple of times, as have we all. Mm. And every time yeah. I see him with, um, with Kylo Ren with his hand in his face, mm-hmm. it looks horrifying. Like, that looks like serious peril and dread. And that scares yeah. me. Yeah. Mm. That, that wanna... That's the question I have. But I do want to say real quickly that what I like about this trailer is it's really understated. I mean, there's no, even the sweeping music yes. is serene and, and beautiful. It's like throwing a, it's like you're throwing some pebbles into a pond. I sound like Bobby Roberts when I'm saying something like this, don't I? But yes. it's very powerful and very understated. Like, I think if people who are not knowing what to expect see this, expecting a lot of huge explosions and noise, I think they're going to see this is mythological in scope and you've got another Trinity, but the Trinity we're seeing in that trailer has two good, one bad. Mm. And that's mm. fascinating. Uh, Nancy? Yeah, yeah, there really wasn't a focus on the three heroes. You saw a lot no. of Ray, you saw a lot of Finn. You didn't really see a lot of Poe. Yeah, and um, I do actually want to touch while we're talking on Poe here real quick. Um, is he far and away, um, and I'm d- addressing this directly to both Nancy and Tracy, <laughs> since they are, <laughs> they are the thick experts here, is Poe basically the A number one fantasy object of choice in this film right wow. now uh, yes. he's, he's gonna be the fan of he's bicycle hunky. A lot he's of yes. um, <laughs> um i already have oh, fanfic. Has to get in there. <laughs> i already have fanfic planned about him so <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing with fanfic is it's all based on relationships so it's mm. all going to depend on how the characters interact mm-hmm. you know yeah. is it going to be so is it going to be ray and poe is it going to be finn and poe and the question i had was that so we we see shots of poe in two very different situations one he's at a resistance base and then another thing he's captured and we saw him in the behind the scenes video being led through the hallways of what i'm assuming is star killer base so it just makes me have more questions of when do things happen going off of what mark said earlier when we were talking about the tie fighter that was in the upper atmosphere and he said what hit it there was only one other ship in that shot so yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I think uh, by the time you listener are listening to this will have been frame by framed and yeah. shared, and there'll be there'll <laughs> oh, be 1080p yeah. screen caps, you know, littering your Twitter uh, and Instagram feeds. Uh, Bethany, you will be on Jedi News by the morning. Now, there we go. It's already morning <laughs> for you, Mark. You are a G right now, uh, Bethany. You were going to say something. What if Poe is essentially? Please, Nancy and Tracy, don't kill me. Um, <laughs> What what if Poe is captured? He has this look of intense fear and sadness that turns into complete rage. Uh, you see that shift over, you know, the split second that you see his face. What if he could be some sort of, essentially like Peta from The Hunger Games? No! <laughs> <laughs> Nancy ain't trying to hear no Peta from The Hunger Games. I can't handle it when it's Peta! <laughs> Although this does bring up a, an interesting point in that in the two minutes and 16 seconds of this trailer, I think it's fair to say we got a pretty decent idea that this movie is going to be really emotional. Um, yeah. We saw some characters crying. Uh, we've seen some characters screaming. Uh, we've seen despair. We've seen uh, hope. Uh, we've seen longing. Like these are all emotions that you can immediately recognize uh, within you know less than a second. How much of J.J. Abrams' personal style did you guys actually see come through uh, in this trailer, Dan? 
I'd say just the, just the way the camera rotates around the actors and um, kind of the sweeping feel of of how the ships are. You can definitely tell. Uh, my oldest son and I were actually talking about this. This feels so much like Star Wars, but man, it doesn't feel like Star Wars at all, and that's beautiful mm-hmm. because it's so original, such a unique take on something that we know so incredibly well. So I think his stamp, just from that alone, is truly all over it. And not to mention the fact, as some of you have already pointed out, even after watching over two minutes of this, I really don't have any idea what the story is about. And, you know, I mean, you get snippets of character journeys, but that's refreshing. And that is very JJ. Justin, your thoughts? Yeah, it's 21st century Star Wars. It's the Star Wars timeline is finally caught up to where we are as a society. You get that atmospheric combat that you're talking about, that down in the mud, gritty, and I hate using that word because it's so overused these days, but gritty feel to the war in Star Wars. It, it's amazing. Uh, Nancy? I know Dunk will agree with me and uh, Trisha too. I cannot wait to read all the books that take place before The Force Awakens. Oh, and yeah. God, there's got to be some stuff oh, that's yeah. happened. This trailer lays out, this is, I think it was what I was trying to say before, lays out a galaxy that is completely different from what we have been given for the past oh, yeah. 20-ish years. Yeah, it's, big you know, the Jedi, the Jedi and the Sith are legends, you know, that... Everyone knew about them, you know? Everyone knew Darth Vader was Luke's father. Everyone knew everything. Mm. Because we, the audience, knew everything, and that's the basis that it was built up on. And But this is just so totally different, and that is why it's so exciting. Now, who, who do we think was talking at the very beginning of the trailer, and, and who were they talking to? That Those discussions seem to be framing on either side of the trailer, the open and the close, uh, this, this sort of feel that pervades all of the imagery that we're seeing and sort of gives it its extra dimensions. Uh, Who who was talking and who do we think they were talking to? Trisha? I I believe that's Lamazna Kanata, Lupita Mm -hmm. Nyong'o's character. She's um, been rumored to have some type of connection to the Force, and I think that's the question about the the framework of the story that we're you know this is supposed to be Kathleen Kennedy has said this is supposed to be a movie about the Skywalker saga still so we're still going to see force questions and I, that's pretty I'm pretty sure she's the beginning and the end um, speaking although it's kind of funny because we're back to remember with the first teaser who's talking who's talking mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you know so it's funny that we're back wondering who it was um, and I, I also want to make a point just knowing um, watching having read the Hunger Games books and know how they're marketing their trailers. Trailers can be very diversionary. And so uh, be wary of taking anything in this trailer at face value. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chewie, blink and you miss him, but he was there. Uh, Do you think he's going to end up playing a pretty important role uh, in this film? I'd be surprised if he didn't. Um, I mean, obviously he's there with with Han and and the inferences that they've they've stuck together and done their stuff around the galaxy for the last thirty odd years. I don't know how pivotal it'll be. I don't know whether I don't know. Then again, I suppose if you think back to the original trilogy, he was he was ever present, I guess, but not uh, not front and center. But um, yeah, I'd like to think it'll have some some impact on it in some way. I mean, Chewie he always has a humorous moment or two in each film. If you mm-hmm. think back to it, so I would imagine there's going to be stuff like that because you know he's, he's Chewie is lovable and people want to see him. So, but um, yeah, I think like, like the guys have all said, I think it, it very much feels like it's it's Ray Finn and and Kylo's story. This one, yes. but um, you know, it's noticeable if you look at the credits for the film. You know, Harrison Ford's. 
top name if, if you want to look at it in that respect you know he, I think he's um, that seems to be a JJ thing that he really wanted um, some of the older characters specifically solo to be uh, <laughs> right up the front maybe not for episode 8 and 9 but certainly for this one mm-hmm. it looked very much too like Ford as a, as a very pivotal character as we suspected and I, I'm sure you noticed the shot of him walking into that looked to be some sort of a temple how could you not think of Indiana Jones yeah <laughs> Well, there's that yeah. shot where Ray is uh, rappelling down into the Star Destroyer hangar, yes. which is basically Indiana Jones in the Well of Souls. Yeah. That was Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that I mean, so th- cool. these trailers are definitely <laughs> chock full of little moments, which is weird because usually little moments, you need uh, a big movie surrounding them for those subtleties to be set off well. Um, but there's a lot of little moments uh, in this film itself, like that little moment of BB-8 going up the little sand dune. Yes. Uh, were there yeah. other... Uh, I mean, we talk about the first moment, the big, uh, you know, I shut my eyes, this is what I see when I think of the Force Awakens trailer. Uh, were there any little moments uh, that jumped out at you guys, uh, Tracy? There's that scene where Kylo Ren is surrounded by a bunch of dudes who aren't stormtroopers. Yeah, who are they? Yep. Knights of Ren. Knights Must of be. Ren. <laughs> that's, the, that's probably the leading theory right now. Um, but yeah, I'm like, who are those guys? When when is this scene set? Mm-hmm. The Kylo thing is pretty interesting, uh, not just because you're like, those aren't stormtroopers next to him. What's going on? But I want to talk about the fact uh, that this is the first time we've heard his voice uh, in a yes. trailer. Uh, I mean, yeah. we've, we've heard it through a talking toy mask. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At the but Disney it's store. It's so emo. <laughs> so, yes. What, yeah. uh, how were you guys taking that? What, what are your uh, instant reactions to uh, to Kylo Ren and, and his uh, his voice? I mean, it's it's obviously kind of Vaderish. His whole thing is kind of Vaderish, but not quite Vaderish. Uh, what do you guys think of his voice, uh, Bethany? Ah, uh, his voice gives me chills. I do think there is always a part of Darth Vader that was rather pragmatic, even in his delusions. Mm, Like he was never quite as delusional or quite as egocentric as the emperor, for instance. Mm. And Kylo strikes me as someone who has some serious mental issues. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And his voice lends to that. Justin, uh, your thoughts on this, on this guy's voice. I think it was Tracy, correct me if I'm wrong, who said he sounded really emo. Is that right? No. That was me. Oh, sorry, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy, but I, I like that because I think that that may play into who he is. You know, when you think emo, you think people who are still struggling with who they are. And a lot of that comes out through unnecessary emotion. And if Kylo Ren is a construct similar to Darth Vader and that's how he's acting out, it makes me wonder where this guy come from and what caused him to want to act out this way. And how did he fall in with this group of people? Well, and, and another thing uh, to, to add on to that is that someone who puts on a front that hard. Exactly. Uh, someone who is practicing that hard to sound the way they sound. That means like when the mask finally comes off, like what kind of a blast of anger and pent up aggression is going to come out of this guy? When I hear this guy talk. Um, it's creepy not because of how modulated he is, not because of how Patrick Bateman-like he might be, mm. uh, but because that means he's trying so hard to sound so cool. And when that yeah. mask gets shattered, the explosion is going to be all the worse. And I think that's what's got me tantalized. Like this is a this is a Bond villain who hasn't had his kneecaps shattered yet. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen when those kneecaps get shattered, which leads me to uh, that one shot that closes out the trailer. Kylo running up on Finn. How are we feeling that fight's going to go down? Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, poor Finn. I mean, I I love you, Finn, but 
I, th- I think you're outgunned. And I, th- I think you need to call for some backup. <laughs> and this is where I'm going to pimp my secret Ninja Jedi Order theory. <laughs> that I will write fanfic about even if it's not true. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you share this theory with us right now here on the trailer cancel? I am intrigued. What is your secret Ninja Jedi well, Order theory? Everyone's wondering what Luke is doing, blah, blah, mm. blah. And you see a hermit, whatever. I'm like, no, Luke Skywalker does not become a hermit. Luke Skywalker goes off when mm. he realizes things are going bad. Mm. And he makes a little enclave wherever and trains Jedi in secret. And then when shit happens, he comes in like Gandalf and is like, I'm here to save the day. Ha ha ha. All right. So th- this is, your- I could be, I'm probably totally wrong, but this is my story and I'm sticking All to right, it. The secret. Good. Shadow facts will show up too. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll have, yes. he'll have his light X wing. <laughs> oh, nice. He'll have his lightsaber raised. He'll be riding a horse and both of them, in tune, like we'll be humming secret ninja Jedi order. Secret ninja. Just no pizza, please. No, yeah. It's going to be stirring. It's going to be emotional. I do want to get back real quick uh, before we talk about uh, the throwdown with Finn and Kylo that we know for a fact is going to happen. It's not just a maybe. It's not just a what if because we only saw one saber get lit and then like five months later, another saber get lit. <laughs> um, we know they're going to throw down. Uh, before we get back to that climactic battle, uh, I want to talk to you guys specifically about the music. We mentioned the fact that Han and Leia's theme uh, is sort of the underpinning of this thing. But, oh my goodness, my favorite, my personal favorite thing about this trailer is probably uh, the music, the brand new John Williams music. How much did that affect you when you heard it in this trailer? How much of the trailer's punch was due to John Williams and those themes? Uh, Justin? I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Star Wars music. And my favorite uh, version of the Force theme so far is from the beginning of Episode 3 mm. when Anakin and Obi-Wan are, are about to dive into the Battle of Coruscant. And I love the militarized feel of the Force theme there. This militarized version of the Force theme blew that one away. Mm. It had an, an underlying purpose behind it that actually seemed a little bit more upbeat and determined. And I... Ah, I that was one of the biggest parts that gave me goosebumps that. And of course the Han and Leia theme. And the other part is it's familiar. We know these themes, but it's not, it's, it goes back to what Mark Hamill said, you know, this, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, you're home. <laughs> Mark, uh, your thoughts on the music, you know, you're watching and you're listening and it's all happening in the background. It's familiar themes and stuff you want to hear. And I like that it was kind of sparse mm-hmm. as well. So like I say, it wasn't full, it wasn't in your face cause it would have been very easy to go, da, 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 you know, it would have been easy to go that route. Um, because it's been done, you know, before and to great effect. But I think it, it kind of plays into this, you know, like, it's, like we said earlier, you know, this feels more mythological, even mm-hmm. though it's only 30 years on. It's, it's got that vibe of, well, back in the day, you know, these kind of things happened. It's like, well, that's only, only you know, 30 years ago. And Hans, the old warrior that's come back, that's probably not been around for a long time. And, you know, the, the music was very evocative. That's probably the word I'm looking for. It was very evocative, you know, mm-hmm. familiar, different but uh, it worked for me. I, I can't wait for December 18th when the soundtrack comes out. So. Yeah, no doubt. And actually, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe it's taken me this long to uh, to check in with it. But uh, I figure we should do this on a, on a three-point scale here and just run through all the members of the council real quick. Did you cry? Yes? No? Welled up? Let's start with Dan. 
I was on the verge of blowing up, but my wife was there, and I'm already trying to keep her on the Star Wars train. I don't want her to think I'm completely nuts. <laughs> so, you know, I was in the room with her when we had our child, and you know, and so, so I, you know, I'm trying to kind of trying to be trying to some Jedi focus and mindfulness, but it was very emotional. I did this the whole time, honestly. Just biting your yeah. My mouth was agape the whole time, and I had complete chills. So that's how my tears secreted throughout my body. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was sort of a quiet, full body cry for you, is what you're saying. That's right. All right, Nancy? So I was watching it with my husband, Brian, and we were clutching each other's shoulders and just kind of holding each other. And then as soon as X-Wings came on screen, we were both like, because ah! we're predictable. That's what we... And then we just kind of were sitting there going, oh my God, oh my God. And then I kind of welled up at especially at the Luke part, but then mm. um, then we watched it again on the Chromecast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so far we've got... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and count yours as a well, welled up, Dan, because yeah. if, Please do. Okay. If, if you're going to admit to having a full-body silent cry, I'm going to at least mark that <laughs> as a well up. Mark it down. Yeah, so we got two well ups. Uh, Tracy, yes, no, or well up? I am not a crier. Yeah. It does not happen often. It might happen in the theater, but it, it did not happen mm-hmm. today. All right, uh, Justin? All right. My throat tightened extensively when Han and Leia came up, and then I, I, they almost got me when Han pulls her close. Mm-hmm. Almost. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a no. Throat tighten up isn't the same as well. <laughs> throat tighten up can happen if you eat peanuts and you're allergic. So I mean, it's, That's it's very not. dark side of you, Justin. To talk about your Thank throat you. tightening up. <laughs> All right, Mark, did you well up? Yeah, I did. All right, uh, but, but my, in my defence, I'll, I'll cry at anything, and it was it was <laughs> half past two in the morning, and I've, and you know my wife wasn't here, so I, I'd got nobody to be embarrassed in front of, and, and you guys weren't watching me, so yeah, yeah. I got a little bit, yeah, That's something good. in my eye. Uh, Trisha, did the feels hit you full blast? I did, did not allow myself to cry, but mm. there, you know that thing you do when you're like flapping your hands trying to keep your eyes from welling up? Yes. Yeah, that was happening because I had to keep watching. I couldn't. <laughs> and that started right when Ray appeared and pretty much stayed there. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I've been waiting 30 years for a girl to be the star of a Star Wars movie. So, mm. I, it didn't make me cry. It was, I was ready to kind of do mm. backflips. Yeah, Cheer. I mean. I, I think I, it's clear that she is the main character. I don't mm, think there could be any yeah, denying. Thank, thank God for that. Yeah. Now, for me, and if you've listened to Full of Sith before, you know that um, I'll every now and again uh, give a little shot to, to Brian Young's ribs uh, for essentially being <laughs> like emotionally. He's sort of like the fountain at the beginning of Married with Children. Like that's just basically that's he's still crying. There's no doubt he's still. Crying. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, and I, and I heard from him. Is he okay? I don't. He has he a put a video on earlier. Actually, I believe he went into the trailer with an inflatable raft on his back. Wilson. <laughs> Because he knew it was going to knock him over, and then he was going to float on his own tears to heaven, and he'll be fine. He'll be okay. But uh, sometimes I'll, I'll rib him about it like I just did at length, um, and I'll be like, look, Star Wars just doesn't typically make me cry. Like, Star Wars has never emotionally grabbed me like that. Um, I will say this. Um, when Luke's theme plays at the very end, in that very, that very quiet moment, that's as close as I've ever gotten in my life. I didn't quite well up. I throat tightened like Justin, you and me, Justin. 
throat tightening brothers over here but uh but that music and that statement at the end and it actually it wasn't until that statement at the end and the second time that i watched uh the trailer and heard that statement at the end that i realized um we really didn't see luke did we it was just the same shot that we got from no. the teaser correct yeah mm-hmm. yes is where's luke still as big and bold and blazing a question at the front yes. of your brains as it was when you first saw the poster more yes. so more, Much more so more so why so dan because still there's nothing they're actually in this instant gratification society they're actually saving something for the movie i mean wow i feel like larry david now but it's true they're actually saving the thing that i mean the whole question that inspired jj to direct this film was you know who is like skywalker mm-hmm. and now we as an audience have to ask that too and that's powerful storytelling uh mark what were you gonna say yeah th- there was that unfortunate leak um what six seven la, weeks la, ago la, was... la 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 no 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 <laughs> it was it was an image it was a leaked image of, of luke i, on a, on I a still soundstone. managed to avoid it Ooh, same here well same done. here high five you did well you, no good i'm glad you did because because i'd heard that that JJ was of all the things that have come out and plenty has come out mm. uh, that was the one thing that he was really not just peed off about but disappointed because I, th- I think now we know from the poster and the, t- and the trailer that he really wanted to save that for mm-hmm. for the film so uh, I feel I feel bad for him in that respect so uh, Nancy but I'm glad I'm glad we didn't see Luke I'm glad we didn't see him yeah. mm-hmm. So Luke, I mean, Luke is my favorite character ever, and I, I like wondering what's, what is he doing is probably the thing I'm most looking. I, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to enjoy the movie the first time because I'm just going to be sitting there going, "What's Luke doing?" But um, like, they're not, they're not showing him because they want it to be a big deal, and there's only a few. There's only a few things that can make it that big of deal. And mm-hmm. that's why I think he has to be like super important because why else would they be hiding him if he's just like, oh, hey, I'm Luke. What's up? Mm-hmm. Well, and I do, <laughs> I do think that the trailer is fairly good at sort of summing up the movie both emotionally and, and what I think might be the way that it runs because there's so much stuff coming at you. Uh, and like we mentioned before, this is very obviously a JJ Abrams movie. Like the characters are emoting, like uh, we're very familiar with and stuff like star Trek. Oh nine and mission impossible three. And the camera is moving. Like we're very used to seeing in stuff like super eight. And uh, it really does seem like you don't realize that you had been missing Luke until the very end when the logo is coming up and you're hearing his theme playing. Um, and I'm wondering if that's going to be sort of uh, the same situation. Do you think you guys are going to have that question of where's Luke hanging out in the back of your head? Or do you think JJ is going to be able to pull that, that sleight of hand and, and trick you into forgetting that it was even a question for most of the movie running? Bethany? I think that will definitely be in the back of every Star Wars fan's mind. Everyone who's seen the films more than a couple times. And... Uh, but I do want to point out, I know you guys talked about the music, but I had to duck out real quick. We had the rest of the family come home. And so we all sat in the living room and watched Aww. it on our big screen TV and everything. And I got chills all over again. <laughs> but um, if you'll notice, when they play the Star Wars main theme, mm-hmm. uh, there's a choir background that sounds a heck of a lot like the choir from Star Trek, from the Star Trek main theme. Uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, of course. And I thought that's very interesting because John Williams has definitely used choir before, but this one sounded different mm-hmm. than the ones he's usually done. I'm I'm a massive music nerd. I've played piano for ten more than ten years, and I've studied music to some degree. So it's the choice of music 
heavily backs up the character-based feel of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I noticed that one little sound that sounds like Star Trek. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, I do want to get back so. to uh, that Finn and Kylo fight and sort of tie it into the rest of the imagery that we saw when the action is going down. Does it seem like we're going to get a lightsaber fight that um, sort of bridges the gap between the, the sort of formal fighting that we saw in the original trilogy and the very acrobatic and very highly choreographed fighting uh, of the prequel trilogy. It it seems to me like a lot of the action in this film is going to feel ragged. Uh, What are you guys thinking? Tracy? Just from looking at the saber and knowing Finn is clearly not an advanced lightsaber Mm -hmm. user, especially because he's, he's angry too. Um, not Finn, but the Kylo. Yeah. And it reminds me kind of more of the original trilogy fights because Mm -hmm. especially in Empire, because even though Luke had been training for a little bit, he still was very raw. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, you know, the prequel fights, they were Master Jedi and they are Sith and they knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, Kylo probably knows what he's doing, but Finn probably not. Yeah, yeah, to so some extent, I think Kylo knows. But uh, yeah. Justin, how do you, would you be welcoming of a bit more of a, a raggedy type feel to uh, to the action and to the fights themselves? Yeah, I like. Well, obviously, the the prequel trilogy went a long way into lightsaber forms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But somebody said it a minute ago. There's kind of a hack and slash quality to the original trilogy ones, especially Vader. Mm-hmm. And if Kylo is idolizing Vader, and if Kylo doesn't have that refined kind of training that we've been seeing in the prequel era. Then if you watch him, there's that one shot that's in the the last trailer we got at Celebration and this one again where he raises the broadsaber up and he comes down really quickly. He doesn't really look refined. He mm-hmm. It looks like a much more emotional way of fighting. And I like that as an extension of his personality. Yeah. Uh, Dan, are, are we welcoming the idea that this movie is probably going to be fairly emotionally charged and maybe the most emotionally charged of the Star Wars films? Are, are we cool with knowing that we're probably going to head into a Star Wars movie that might break even the the toughest nuts of us. Hey Tracy. <laughs> I I think so. I think so. I mean, it's a it's a welcome change because it's new and different, but it's more of the same as we've been talking about before. I like that there's kind of a of a raw barbarism to it that that's not Game of Thrones, <laughs> but it's also it's also very gritty. Oh, here you go, Justin, gritty and and very um very dynamic. I feel like this this fighting is not uh, the Matrix style of look at the acrobatics here, but it's more like this is helping us tell the story because of where these characters are. They don't have, you know, 30-some years of training in the Jedi Temple. They are pure passion, pure drive, pure survival in the case of Finn, most likely. And he doesn't look real happy either, so maybe he's got some real reasons to be upset or angry. Maybe there's a history between those two. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this uh, is just opening up a whole world of new storytelling that, is very welcome. Yeah, it seems like this this film more than any film since uh, Star Wars really seems to be getting at the sense of longing. Like there is something more out there that uh, our good guys want to find and they want to reach more than anything. So yeah, stopping uh, the big beach ball with uh, Hal 9000's eye in the center of it <laughs> is probably a pretty important <laughs> plot point. But it really That's does that. seem it really does seem like the uh, the trailer itself is trying to impress upon you that the real goal at the end of this movie is our characters getting what they need because they very obviously will need something at the beginning of the film, something that will uh, emotionally satisfy them. Now, I know I asked you guys earlier uh, what moment was the one that immediately stood out to you, but that's not necessarily 
the favorite moment. And I know you guys have been rewatching the trailer <laughs> while we're recording this. I know you've been looking at screen caps. No. <laughs> is there <laughs> is there a favorite moment? Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, Mark, let's start with you. Well, apart from seeing the Lucasfilm logo come up on the screen. <laughs> um, oh, I hate to be predictable, but just just seeing Han Solo again, it's just bu- just giving me a buzz I can't quite explain. Um <laughs> He was always my favourite character as a kid anyway, so to see him come back and do it. And, and just the, the off-screen stuff of Ford coming back. And mm. it's just... Because I think... I'm a Trek fan as well, and I, one thing I love about Star Trek is that the a- actors and the characters over time as a fan especially kind of become enmeshed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Star Wars was never quite like that, not in the same way. But this time, it kind of, with, especially with the original Big Three, it kind of feels like it is. It means more this time, especially mm-hmm. for Ford coming back. So um, in, in an odd, weirdly predictable way, I think anything with that guy in it at the moment is just captivating me. But there was nothing in that trailer I didn't like. All right. Uh, Apart from the lens flare, that one little lens flare, I thought, oh no, JJ. Uh, uh, he has a mirror stormtrooper. Of course, I, there's going to be one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, I thought the we, ball stormtrooper. Yeah, we were we were gonna get out of here without a lens flare joke. I, I thought for sure. I thought, Thanks, Mark. Gonna go. Well, but you'll get a break, Mark. You've been up for fifty-seven straight hours. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Trisha, Trisha, do you have a favorite moment that is different than what that first moment that jumped out at you was? Is there a favorite moment for you? My favorite moment is actually the mirroring of Luke shooting the blaster on the Death Star with Ray. It took me a couple rewatches to find it, but that that's the moment to me that really sh- sticks out now as calling back to a new hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that look on her face as she's firing the gun is it's amazing, honestly. I got drawn that was one of the moments that very much drew me in. Like I forgot for a second that I was watching an ad. I just really wanted to know what yeah. the heck was going on and why she was firing that weapon with such anguish on her face. Uh, I'm waiting for Tumblr to get that one lined up. Go for it, Tumblr. Uh, Bethany, your favorite moment? A continuation of the last one, though, is Ray's face when she... I mean, it honestly appears as if she's kneeling over the body of someone who's died, Mm -hmm. and she's in tears. Uh, But I have to ask, have any of you seen what looks like the trench run? Yes. Yeah, there, there okay, was some trench so, in the background, yeah. The snow planet, yes, there's a trench, it's there. Yes, there's a trench, and it really appears like the X-Wings are diving down towards it. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, I'm so curious. Yeah, actually, yeah, let's go ahead and put a pause on the, the favorite moment thing uh, and touch on this, because it's definitely a concern that some fans uh, have been voicing. We've looked at J.J. Abrams' filmography before. We know that he's definitely a fan of of hearkening back to moments that you know and love and sort of repurposing them uh, for his own. You he's know. also a trickster. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Do, are, are you a little bit worried that there's going to be uh, one or two too many moments that seems to exist solely to get you to go, oh, I recognize this. Like, are, Does the fact that there seems to be a trench run get you excited or does it make you a little bit apprehensive? Dan? Uh, it doesn't make me apprehensive because at the end thing that would make me apprehensive is if there's another Death Star. Yeah. As I said earlier, but other than that, not really because until I see the movie, mm-hmm. you know, then I'm going to open up my mind to what that could possibly imply. But until that moment, it just seems sweeping and exciting and kind of kind of back to the whole swashbuckler excitement that the original Star Wars was for me and mm-hmm. for so many people. So, it just gives me more hope. Ah, Justin, your thoughts? 
Nah, I think we're kind of the inside baseball crew of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and whereas we can watch an episode of Rebels and pick out every single thing that harkens back to <laughs> right. the original trilogy, yeah. uh, general audiences, and this movie increasingly looks like it was made primarily for them, mm-hmm. uh, Is it's not going to be like that. And on the note of the trench run, the planet's got to open up somehow, right? I, I guess. I mean, I mean, to be truthful, we may be the, uh, the inside baseball aspect of the fandom, but uh, I didn't catch that there was a trench at first. Uh, it, <laughs> it looks to me as if it's splitting. Yeah. And now that I'm looking at it again, because it just went by, it, it almost looks like a wall. Yeah, see, I'm wondering if this is just going to be another yeah. one of those examples of that sort of sleight of hand that we were talking about, where I didn't even realize our our culture's collective memory was being played specifically like an instrument until after the note has already rung out. You know, I'm wondering if that's sort of the case. Uh, last question, because I know Mark's got to go before he literally dies of exhaustion. Um <laughs> All the things that we've seen, uh, the very tantalizing nature of the trailer, and it was tantalizing, absolutely. What's the one thing you want to see the most with The Force Awakens? I'll start with you, Nancy. I just want an epic Luke moment, and I'll be like, I don't even care if he's only in it for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, really, as long as he's just there and he's a Jedi Master, I'm good. But um, before, when you were talking about favorite moments, I yeah. was thinking that the first thing I thought was the first thing you see in the trailer is Ray. And like Trisha said before, I've been waiting so long for a Star Wars movie about a girl. And I was just kind of like, yeah, this this is for me. This is mm-hmm. this is what I've been wanting to see. And between that and the whole Han saying they're real about the Jedi, like we talked on it before, but like Han Solo is saying that Han Solo is the one talking about the Jedi. What yeah. the heck? And if you've read um, Smuggler's Run, the mm-hmm. Greg Greca book, there's like just one little throwaway line that he says in the epilogue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is referring to Luke. And it just kind of made me grin because it's like, they're still friends. And yeah, yeah. well, and it, it, there, there's something, there's something to be said for the fact that one of the most skeptical people of the original trilogy is the one that is like the shining yeah. light. He, he is, he is the, the beacon that the true believers need to follow in order to get to where they need to go. And there's something fairly special uh, about that. Tracy, what more than anything do you want to see in The Force Awakens? God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All of it I'm is po a perfectly Dameron. good answer. <laughs> or Poe Dameron shirtless, one of the two. I just want to see it all, how it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Because I already have an outline, you know, if you believe the spoilers. Yeah. And I just want to see the execution. Mm-hmm. And so, you, so you, there's so many mysteries that I need to fill in. <laughs> you just want the puzzle to be done so you can lacquer yes. it and hang it on the wall. All but right. the funny thing is, then there'll be another puzzle because there's still two more movies. Exactly. Uh, Dan, what more than anything do you want out of The Force Awakens now after having seen this trailer? It's the same thing I thought when they first announced it. I want to go in. I want to be captivated. I want to be completely transported to that place that has brought me so many memories. It's the ultimate escapism is... What Star Wars is is mythology, what it's done to me, what it's done to our culture. I just want to be transported and not have to walk out of it and think, eh. <laughs> I want to be blown away. All right. Uh, I yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't want another, um, I'm sorry, I don't want another Phantom Menace like that. I well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that, that, that's a schism that the, uh, the fandom is still wrestling with to this day. And it would, mm-hmm. it would be nice to not even have to worry about what happens if there's ever another schism uh, on that level, whatever your opinions of the film as a film might be. It would be nice to know that when we leave this theater, there's no way we're not all walking out on the same common ground. Justin. What more than anything do you want 
from The Force Awakens. Dan is totally speaking my language. I think a way to paraphrase that would be to say that the prequel trilogy really engaged your head. Mm. Um, the original trilogy, I feel, really engaged your heart. Mm. And based on the trailer, it looks like that's what J.J. was going for. And you can say that he is hearkening back to things as much as you want to, but mm. he's he's doing that because he feels something for it. And he's, he's reaching into everyone's brain right now if you're looking at 2 million Facebook views in 43 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And, and he's <laughs> activating those same emotions. I mean, it's crazy. Mark's been up for how, how many hours? And he is fresh as a daisy on this call because of what Still he Still looks like a million dollars. Exactly. Like, that's... <laughs> That that is it right there. There's no greater testimony. Like everyone is happy right now and enjoy it because I don't know how much longer it's going to last. <laughs> uh, Bethany, what do you want more than anything out of the Force Awakens? Exactly what Dan said, and but but he, because he said it so well, I'll switch to something that's secondary to me, but that mm-hmm. I would like to see, mm-hmm. and that is I want to see Ray, Finn, and Poe become as near and dear to our hearts as characters as Han, Leia, Chewie, and Luke have become to us, and Mm. as Anakin and Padme have become to other people as well, and Obi-Wan. So I want to see those three characters become that familiar to us. Trisha? I want to be able to take my nieces and nephews to the movie theater and have them get why I'm a crazy Star Wars fan Mm -hmm. since an eight-year-old. And that's what I'm hoping for. All right. And that's, I think, a really good note for uh, the Trailer Council uh, to end on. All right. So uh, on our way out, I guess you guys need to tell everybody who you are again and uh, where they can find you uh, if they aren't already listening to you. Because uh, one of my goals with this is to make sure that uh, podcast listeners find out how many other really damn good podcasts and or websites there are that they need to be getting into their ears and in front of their eyes. So uh, say who you are one last time and uh, let us know where we can find you. Uh, I'm Nancy. I am a uh, host on Tashi Station and also write for the blog. Uh, we cover the movies and we also cover a lot of the book stuff. I'm Justin. I am one of the hosts of the Force Cast, and I write for theforce.net. I also host a podcast called Star Wars with Friends, where we watch Star Wars and talk about it while we are watching it. I'm Mark. I'm from Jedi News and Radio 1138, which I co-host with my buddy James Burns. And you can find me pretty much anywhere, any time of the day, uh, always, because I'm never asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tracy Duncan, and I run uh, clubj.net. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter and Tumblr as Club Jade because I don't have a podcast. I have a Tumblr. I am Bethany Blanton. You can find me on Twitter at Bethany L. Blanton. I'm one of the founders of the StarWarsReport.com, where you will find me frequently on our main podcast, The Star Wars Report. I'm Dan Zare, and I co-host Coffee with Kenobi with my good friend Corey Club, and I also blog for Stars.com. I'm Trisha Barr. A fangirl blog and host of Fangirls Going Rogue on Rebel Force Radio. And I also host a speculation and storytelling podcast, Hyperspace Theory. So if you want more juice, we've got it. All right. And I am Bobby Roberts. I am the reason that Full of Sith has all of its bad reviews on iTunes. Go and listen to Full of Sith <laughs> no. at fullofsith.com. And thank you once again for listening uh, to the Trailer Council. Hopefully, we will talk to you soon. May the Force be with you. Always.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.